first coming attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie or digital media, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll take you behind the scenes, interview celebrities, and review new movies, TV shows, and digital releases. Now, here are your hosts from Kids First Coming Attractions. Hi, I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And on today's show, we'll be talking about the release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle, Mutant Mayhem, Haunted Mansion, Blue Beetle, The Slumber Party, Gran Turismo, Dreamin' Wild, and hear a special interview with the director of Operation Napoleon. To start us off, let's talk with Carter about the new release of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. How are you, Carter? I'm good. How are you? I am absolutely fantastic. I have been watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, at least the show, for so many years of my short life right now. And it is so exciting to see that they're still putting out movies. So what were your initial reactions when hearing that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were going to be out? But first, before you answer that question... (laughs) Um, did you, uh, were you a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles before this movie came out? I was a big fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I really liked my favorite character, Leonardo, and it was so exciting when I got to see that the movie was coming out. Yeah, and for those who have not, um, you know, seen any shows of them or films of them or might not be familiar with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, can you give us a brief synopsis of this film? Well, I could say the film tells a story of how, after years of being sheltered from the human world, the Turtle Brothers set out to win the hearts of New Yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers through heroic acts. Their new friend, April and Neil, help them take on a mysterious crime group, but they soon get over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Interesting. And again, another thing is, too, because what we've seen in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Um, universe is that they've had animated series as well as they've had live action movies as well so is this a animated movie or a live action movie this is an animated movie um and i am i really like the animation and the style of this film is amazing and we can get right into the style of this film i saw the trailer and i was a little bit i'm not gonna lie a little bit confused because as you know um, um carter from you know the tv shows in the films the animation is, it has its own special animation. And we see in this trailer that it's different in a way, the the animation. So what were some of the aspects that you liked about this new animation? What I liked was that the, that they really had a lot of detail on the characters. Hmm. How they, they really showed a lot of detail in like rooms, detail in like the schools or like any scenes that they were in. Interesting. So... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. So it introduces like a mysterious crime and an army of mutants, which is so interesting. How engaging did you find the storyline and the villains? Were they able to like maintain your interest throughout the film? They were definitely able to maintain my interest. They were very funny and then they like turned evil and it just, it was so funny and like being able to see how the stories go, it was very funny. 
So you mentioned that the movie kind of blends action, adventure, and comedy. So which aspect of the film like did you enjoy the most? One of my favorite things is the action. I love the battling, how they had so much fun, and they got to do so much silly stuff. And kids would definitely love it. Interesting. And then also, I mean, this is a silly question, but I have to know, because it's very important for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle franchise, was there pizza? There was definitely pizza and very <laughs> funny. Oh, that's awesome. I can't wait to see it just by that. That's cool. So since, you know, even those little silly things about me as, as a fan, as well as you as a fan, knowing that there's pizza in this film, um, were there any new aspects that we saw from either the characters or um, any part of the storyline? Like, did we see anything new? Well, they really now explore the youthful side of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they really oh, add wow. to each of the characters. They get to tell like their past stories, and even of the bad guys. And it's very wow. fun and exciting to know how it happened. That is so interesting. There's so many unexplored and unanswered questions that so many fans like you and I have had, and I'm pretty sure you yourself have had them answered that's that's really cool how well do you think the character development was handled in this film especially since you said that they they were younger they definitely there was a good development for them they really liked to adventure out into the world they were definitely silly and they got to be a lot like teens how impressive were the special effects and the design of the mutants did these elements like contribute to uh, contribute positively to your viewing experience well, I could say the animation style of this film is absolutely phenomenal and the visuals are amazingly stunning. It's very cool, it's very fun, and it's very silly. That's cool. And, and you know, I kind of already know the answer this, to this question by just talking with you for a bit. But as a youth film critic, did you feel the movie catered well to both longtime fans, as you and I, as well as newcomers to the series? I would definitely say it has a, uh, it can um, hold like the amazingness of the old movies uh, that the fans like and the newcomers who watch this movie. I feel like it has something for both of them. That's awesome. Well, to wrap up this awesome review, can you give us an age rating, a star rating, and when and where can we see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem? I give Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem 5 out of 5 stars and recommend it for ages 5 to 18 plus adults, and you can actually see it in theaters right now. Well, that's great. Oh my gosh, I gotta see this movie. Well, thank you so much, Carter. Thank you, too. Now, let's talk with Sydney about her review of the new Disney movie, Haunted Mansion. How are you, Sydney? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I am awesome. So, I watched the original Haunted Mansion, and I'm a little bit iffy about this new movie that they came out. So, can you tell us a little bit about this new Disney movie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, Haunted Mansion is about a mother and a son who moved to a new house to try to start a new life. But mysterious and spooky things start to happen in the house. So they decide to contact spirit experts to kind of attempt to put an end to the ghosts. And mm -hmm. overall, it's really interesting and really adventurous. And it was a really enjoyable movie. So 
that's okay that's good to hear I trust yeah. I trust your opinions on this because I was like I don't know if I'll like it or not but it's good to hear that you like this film so how did the film's portrayal of the haunted house compare to your own expectations like did it effectively create a spooky and mysterious atmosphere to your standards oh it definitely exceeded my expectations I wow. walked out of the movie theater with a huge smile on my face it was awesome and <laughs> I love the ride at Disneyland. I love the theme park attraction, Haunted Mansion. And it was so cool to see all of the aspects from the ride in a movie, along with an interesting plot and other stuff. But it's kind of cool how they built a theme park attraction around a movie, basically. Um, And it did have spooky scenes, like you mentioned, but not as much as I thought. So that was the only thing. Hmm, interesting. And from the description that I searched up really quickly because I was like, you know, I got to see if it's as similar to the original. So the so it said that the movie features, quote, a motley crew of spiritual experts, as you basically mentioned. So which character from this crew did you find the most interesting or entertaining? Oh, that's a that's a great question. So the crew consists of, just to sum it up, this spirit expert Ben, and then the mother and son Gabby and Travis, and then Father Kent, Harriet, and she's kind of like a fortune teller, and then Bruce. Um, and overall, um, my favorite character, especially in the in the group, was Travis. And I know he's not a spirit expert technically, but he did play <laughs> an important role even as a young kid in the movie because. His backstory was that he lost his father, so he was trying to communicate with the dead. And that Mm. kind of um that kind of made the others need to have communication with the dead as well. And honestly, he's just relatable. Like he's a young kid and sometimes he's lonely, but he wants that father figure in his life. So he tries to communicate with the dead and I don't know, is he successful with it? You'll have to watch the movie. Oh my gosh, Sydney, do not do that to me. I was like <laughs> literally leaning into this interview. Okay. Okay. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so Haunted Mansion seems to balance the elements of horror and comedy. So how successful, how successful do you think the movie was in merging these two genres? Oh, yes. Um, It wasn't. I wouldn't say it was like a horror movie, like you would be screaming in the theater um, <laughs> because it was very balanced with the horror and comedy, like you said. And when I was in the theater, a lot of people were laughing. So that was that was great to hear because um, horror movies, like with the backstory, it was kind of sad. So I really yeah. like the comedy. And I think overall, it tied it all together. The jokes were really really funny and like i said earlier it's the perfect combination of horror and comedy so i think all ages mostly would (laughs) would really enjoy this movie because it covers a lot of aspects and different parts of a movie that is enjoyable for everyone Hmm. well that was an insightful insightful answer thank you for that and (laughs) and were there any I would say, how do I word this? 
So in terms of visual effects and practical effects, especially with a movie handling supernatural elements, we're talking about a haunted mansion, were they convincing? And did they like enhance your viewing experience, especially in a movie theater? Yes, that's the majority of the film was um, looking at supernaturals and just like all this stuff happening on screen. And it did meet my expectations. It was very good. Um, because like you said, the contrast between humans and ghosts can look iffy, especially on screen, rather than picturing it in your head. I mean, obviously, but overall, the transitions were really smooth. And you could tell the difference between the humans and the ghosts when you when they were running from them. So yes, the CGI was, it was really good, but it wasn't like, the best. I don't know (laughs) how to describe that. Okay. Okay. Well, that was a good answer anyway. Anyhow. (laughs) (laughs) So what is your age rating, your star rating, and when and where can we see Haunted Mansion? I give Haunted Mansion 4.5 out of 5 stars. I really like the movie and I recommend it for ages 12 to 18 plus adults. I mean, younger kids would be interested probably, but I'm afraid they're going to get nightmares because it is a horror yeah. movie. Um, <laughs> and Haunted Mansion released in theaters on July 28th, 2023. So you can see it in theaters anywhere near you. Wow, I didn't even know it was out. That's pretty cool. I'm going to go watch yeah. it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Sydney. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. You too. I'm Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Let's take a break, and when we come back, We'll listen to more awesome reviews and interviews. Stay tuned. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C. We've been listening to some great reviews and interviews. There's more to come right now. 
Right now, we're going to be going into a review of the movie Blue Beetle with Connor, a kid's first film critic. How are you, Connor? I'm great. How are you? I am fantastic, and I'm super excited to hear about your impressions of the film Blue Beetle. So again, um, for the you know audience who might not know about what Blue Beetle is, can you tell us a little bit about what this film is about? This film is about a Gotham graduate named Jaime Reyes, it, who gets this like this superpower tech, giving technology that gives him superpowers. And he has to fight against some people who want to take it back. Interesting. That is, it sounds so cool. And, and what were your first impressions of the character, uh, Jamie uh, Reyes and his journey in Blue Beetle? Um, well, at first he seemed like kind kind of like too smart. And then you got into the character and you, and you saw that he's like, and then you see he's really adventurous I here's the thing from watching and I want to get your opinion on this as well from watching the uh, animated version of Blue Beetle on, for example, shows like Young Justice and the Justice League, we see that Blue Beetle is kind of like cocky and he wants things his way. Do we have the same like feel in this movie or is he a little bit different in the live action version? Partly. He's very cocky. But I'm not sure about wanting things exactly how he wants them. And then we, as you noted, he has these powers that he gets from an ancient alien relic that comes onto Earth. So, and it chooses its host and it happened to come upon Jamie. So how effectively, you know, did we see this concept being portrayed on the film? Was it like thrilling? Was this, were the scenes uh, mysterious? How were those like moments leading up to him um receiving these these superpowers it was very it was very like stressful like when is he gonna when is he gonna get his superpowers because it comes <laughs> in kind of late in the movie yeah and then in with that being said we can uh further along this like question blue beetle explores the theme of of kind of like like destiny in a way like all superheroes kind of how they get their their superpowers and in how it alters their their personalities which we definitely see with blue beetle how well do you think the the film conveyed jamie's transformation into a superhero it was very it was very detailed like do you mean like in a scene or throughout the movie throughout the movie well at first the, it was it was very talented of the people who made it because at first he has he does not want to be it and like it and it like it comes upon him really quickly but he eventually he he realizes that he has to do it and right. becomes amazing at it. And I want also again I'm I'm a nerd when it comes to the animated series for all things Young Justice and Justice League for DC superheroes. Um, do we get the same um, conscious like narr- narrating in in Jamie's mind? Does he have someone talking to him throughout as he uh, transforms? Very subtly. It's it's more of someone telling him, uh, giving him advice and telling him what to do. Hmm. It's less third person. Right. Okay. Superhero films are often like heavily on visual effects. 
how did the visual representation of the scarab, which is what the alien relic is called, how did the scarab's powers in Jamie's Blue Beetle suit, which is very important, contribute to the overall like cinematic experience? It was they they were really it was really amazing, especially when it's like very it's when he's when it's like a very loud it's, when it's yeah. very loud you can it definitely gets you into that they were represented very well right and and with that said we can wrap up with basically that answer what is your star rating of this film and when and where can we watch Blue Beetle uh, I would give the Blue Beetle five out of five stars and I'd recommend it for ages twelve to eighteen plus adults. And you can see this film in the theaters August 18th, 2023. Wow. Well, that's 10 days away. I definitely want to see it. Well, yeah. thank you so much for this review, Connor. Yeah, you you too. Now we're going to be talking with another Kids First film critic, Hanadi, about the movie Slumber Party. How are you, Hanadi? I'm doing great. How are you? I am absolutely fantastic. Can you tell us a little bit about what slumber party the movie is about yes so the slumber party is about a group of friends who go to a slumber party slash sleepover to celebrate um, a character in the film Anna Maria's birthday and once they meet a party mesmerizer um it all goes south oh I see what you're doing Hanadi you're keeping me at the edge of my seat I gotta ask you these questions to pull that that out so how did the premise of a sleepover birthday party hypnotism <laughs> gone wrong? <laughs> it's such an interesting concept. Contribute to like the overall appeal of the, the movie. Like, uh, I guess to reward it, reward it, excuse me, did it add a unique twist to a typical slumber party scenario? Oh, definitely. It, it definitely added a spin on your classic teen slumber party movie it definitely added so much more than when you first look at the title and you first click on the movie you're like oh it's about a group of girls celebrating a birthday with a slumber party but right. it is something completely different than that <laughs> <laughs> interesting and again um as you mentioned there are some main characters in this film obviously, for the slumber party. Could you discuss how well the actors portrayed their roles and conveyed, I guess, the confusion and mystery surrounding this this night? Ah, they, they all showed their characters in a way that, like, you can definitely tell their different personalities, but they all connected in one way or another. And honestly, just, again, by your opening of this review, you left me at the edge of my seat. So, obviously, this movie has to fall into the thriller slash mystery genre was the suspense and tension like effectively built throughout this film yes it definitely was it definitely kept you on the edge of your seat you're like wait what that didn't happen (laughs) yeah the suspense is definitely high in this movie that's pretty cool and how did the the cinematography and direction contribute to this aspect everything was absolutely perfect in this movie the cinematography was so perfect considering the storyline the direction was absolutely amazing. They made sure that everything was like flowing in the right direction. Everything was going forward. It was just, it was honestly a perfect movie. Yeah. And, and humor is often a key element in these types of films, but I yeah. might be wrong. So did the slumber party successfully like, like integrate humor into this plot, especially considering that it 
it's a mystery and from what I can grasp it might have yes. a potentially darker theme yes I wouldn't necessarily call it a darker thing I think it's like yeah I get I, ugh, it's such a perfect movie that like it's very teenagey <laughs> and stuff and yeah. it um it definitely keeps you on the edge of your seat while making sure that there is a hint of humor. Like there's just like the perfect sprinkle of humor in there that just like keeps you like laughing and on the edge of your seat at the same time. Yeah. So every film has conflict. Do we see any um, conflict in this friendship dynamic between these main characters? Yeah. So there is a little bit of conflict that happens slowly throughout the film. Like I know particularly at the start of the film, um, two of the particular characters, they do get mad at another character. Or, yeah, there is definitely some conflict in the film, but it's it's still all is, like, perfect. It's, like, the perfect amount of everything. That's awesome. That's so cool. And to wrap up our interview, what do you give the age rating, the star rating, and when and where can we watch The Slumber Party? Okay, so I recommended for ages 8 to 18 plus adults uh, I give it a 5 out of 5 stars and you can see it on Disney Channel or you can see it on Disney Plus. Oh that's cool well thank you so much Hanadi. Thank you for talking with me. <laughs> well, thank you for being on the show. It's great to have you. I'm Ashley Clyde from Washington DC and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Let's take a break and when we come back We'll listen to more awesome reviews and interviews. Stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First Film Critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, Ishan, how are you? Great, Ashley. How are you? I am fantastic. Now, I have heard about this film all over the place. Gran Turismo. Is that how it's pronounced? I think so. <laughs> awesome. And um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, about the film, like the description of it, the short synopsis? 
Sure. So Gran Turismo is actually a true story. Um, there's this guy, his name is Jan Martinbro. He's a teen from Cardiff, Wales, and he's really obsessed with the video game Gran Turismo. Um, and it's the most accurate racing simulator. It's a real game. It's the most accurate racing simulator um, available on console. Um, and so his family doesn't really get his passion. He kind of feels lost. He, dro- he drops out of university uh, just to play video games. And then he gets this opportunity to be selected as one of 10 kids worldwide to compete in Nissan's GT Academy to become pro- a professional racer. So he goes from wow. playing on a console to actually getting into a real race car. And it follows his whole journey to actually pursuing that dream and becoming a real race car driver. Hmm, that's interesting. And in uh, the reason why I say it's interesting is because racing and video games are like two very different yeah. worlds. How did the film manage to balance like the betrayal of both aspects without making it, you know, feel, I guess, overshadowed. Right. Um, I think a really great portion was a really, a really great element of the film was the graphics. Uh, they was super smooth. There's some scenes where actually he's in the car and racing, but it looks like he's still at his, uh, at his computer. Right. Um, that they, that they transition and then vice versa, whenever he's just, uh, at his, at his console, playing the game and then he it looks like he gets sucked into uh the the video game world and i mean just the way that it was all filmed the angles and everything even in real life it looks like it's a video game but it's still extremely believable again thanks to the nature of of gran turismo being a fairly realistic racing sim well that's good and how did the music in gran turismo contribute to the overall atmosphere like the i imagine there should be like adrenaline filled music in this film yeah 100 percent um so the score is by lauren balf and andrew kaczynski um and every time you're in a racing scene um the the tempo of the music increases the the drama is really enhanced by the by, by the music that's playing and um of course like any any good sports film and yeah racing is at least in my mind a sport and the film wants to convey it as a sport but like any good sports film there's moments of highs and lows and in both of those uh cases there's really great music to to accompany it right so in terms of character development you mentioned that he had dropped out of university and he wanted to do full time with video games but then just by your description he obviously takes off with a potential professional um, race car career. So how did you find the growth and transforma- transformation of this main character throughout the story? Um, Archie Medeque, who plays Jan Mardenbro, um, he starts off a little bit stiff as an actor, mm-hmm. um, as, as is expected, probably just because he's portraying a typical teen at the beginning. There's nothing super duper defining about, about Jan beyond his passion. Yeah. Uh, in, at the start of the film, um, but then as as the film progresses, uh, he really warms up into the character, and you start really rooting for him, especially by the climax of the film. So he certainly is uh, one of the most one of the most compelling characters. But beyond our our protagonist, actually, my favorite character was Jack Salter, who is the the classic Hollywood coach. Um, he had a career in racing, and then you know gets a little jaded by by some some past experiences, but then is somehow roped in by Nissan to uh, to coach Martin Burrow. And their relationship and the way that, that, that David Harbour embodies Jack Salter really made the film shine, especially for me. 
Awesome. What message or takeaway do you think it conveys to not only, as you said, the younger audience, but also um, an older audience? I think number one is resilience. Um, I mean, again, like any good sports film, it's always when you face a failure, get up, dust yourself off and, and get back in the game. Um, and also to, to, to make sure that everything you're doing, you uh, are doing the right thing and you're believing in yourself at every step of the way. And you really, you really can't fail if you have those things in mind. Right. And to wrap up this review, what did you give this movie? Uh, what was your star rating and where can we see this film? If my effusive praise hasn't been evident, uh, I gave Gran <laughs> Turismo five out of five stars. Wow. And recommended for ages 12 to 18 plus adults. And Gran Turismo will release in theaters on August 11th, 2023. So definitely be a part of all the awesome hype that's going on about <laughs> the film and, and definitely go and check it out. Well, I definitely will. Thank you so much, Ishan. Now I want to speak to you about the movie Operation Napoleon. How was this film? And tell us a little bit about it. All right. So Operation Napoleon uh, was a super duper unique watch. I've uh, I've kind of made a bit of a place as like the foreign film reviewer at Kids First. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of non-English language films come my way. Um, <laughs> so I was super duper excited uh, to get this Icelandic film come across my desk. Um, Operation Napoleon follows a lawyer. Her name is Christine. Uh, in the capital city of Reykjavik, and she is drawn into this international conspiracy um, and implicated in a murder that she didn't commit after her brother finds a Nazi plane atop the just this beautiful glacier called the Vatnajökull Glacier. Um, and so she has to go on this journey to unravel the history behind the conspiracy, which is codenamed Operation Napoleon by the CIA. And she has to escape U.S. agents who are tracking her down and uh, and all the folks who want to stop her. And she's aided by this this kind of ragtag team of of folks. So it's a, a super duper interesting film and it, it keeps your attention for sure. Yeah, that seems interesting. What I got from that, just that description of Lone, this film, it seems to combine the elements of uh, mystery, conspiracy, and also some historical context as well. How do you think these different aspects were balanced throughout the film? I just actually spoke with the director, um, Oscar Axelson, and he had actually read the book. So this is based, again, off of a book. Um, mm. It's an it's a book by an Icelandic author, also called Operation Napoleon. Um, and he he stayed pretty true to the book uh, in, in a couple aspects, but he also veered off course uh, because of his own his own. Uh, you know, creative interpretation. He did right. a great job, though. Honestly, um, you know the 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 one the one critique that I would have had is just that the screenplay felt a little bit of a felt like a little bit of a mixed bag. Um, the film doesn't slow down to breathe too frequently, which does help keep the momentum up in this kind of a cross genre uh, film. But the script doesn't give enough detail to actually fully flesh out, you know, the whole mystery angle, oh, wow. the international intrigue, all that kind of stuff or to give enough detail behind a lot of characters, goals, and ambitions. And even the historical backstory of Operation Napoleon um, is a little bit clunkily delivered, but I think overall, um, as a concept, it had a, it has a lot of promise. Interesting. And then I want to touch on the historical events, because like you mentioned, this is related to World War II. Were these, you know elements like well-researched and integrated into the plot in a way that enhanced the audience's understanding of the context as well as the story? 
Yes, I think so, 100%. Um, the the actual again operation napoleon didn't really exist um it's it's yeah. this is this is you know fiction for sure um <laughs> but the but but the um the background about uh you know the the nazis and 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 the whole world war 2 context um was was done really well right i get it and cinematography cinematography excuse me often plays a crucial role in like conveying that that atmosphere and mood of a film and you already mentioned that the the glacier um landscape was beautiful and um and i want you to touch on some of the action sequences if there is any and how that impacted your viewing experience right so so vatna yokel the the glacier that uh is featured in the film among other beautiful icelandic landscapes um is the largest ice cap in all of iceland and the second largest in area in europe so it's just this expanse of of white snow, and like if you look at the map of Iceland too, there's going to be this huge patch of of white on the map, and that is essentially where Vatnajökull National Park is, um, the whole glacier. So it was it's it's just beautiful. It's it's jaw dropping the the beauty of the scenes, um, and with regard to the action, again with such a beautiful backdrop and uh, and pretty great uh, choreography. There's not exactly I won't say there's a fight scene. Uh, mm-hmm. there's there's certain there's like um there's a lot of conflict for sure but uh the 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 action is choreographed in a way that's definitely very convincing and uh looks very nice and of course the 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 scenic backgrounds help it out for sure all right ishan can you give us a star rating age rating and where and when can we see this film sure so i give operation napoleon three and a half out of five stars and recommended for ages 12 to 18 plus adults um, and Operation Napoleon releases in theaters and on demand on August 11th, 2023. Well, thank you so much, Ishan. Sure. I'm Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll listen to more awesome reviews and interviews. Stay tuned. Birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Hey, welcome back. 
I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We're going to be talking with Ishan for the last time about a third film he has reviewed. How are you, Ishan? Still doing great. <laughs> great answer. <laughs> As if I already didn't know, you reviewed this film, Dreamin' Wild, which I read is actually pretty interesting. Um, it's a documentary. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, more about this film? Sure. So Dreamin' Wild is about um, singer-songwriter Donnie Emerson, and it's when him and his family uh, are approached by a representative from a major music company uh, years and years after they record this album as teenagers. The album is called Dreaming Wild. Uh, and so the uh, the representative from the company is called Light in the Attic. And so he says the album is being hailed by music critics as a lost masterpiece. You know, we just rediscovered it. We love it. Um, and we want to get the, the rights to it. And so the brothers kind of see this uh, as both a, a stroke of luck, you know, a second chance for stardom. Uh, but it also unmoors some deep-seated emotions, fears, and hopes among both the brothers and the entire family. So the documentary is essentially about, you know, is the second chance at stardom worth it, and is what are the what what comes with it? Right. Did you know Donnie and the Emerson? I guess I'll shorten it by saying the Emerson brothers. Did you know them before um, this documentary? No, I didn't actually. So yeah, Donnie Emerson and Joe Emerson are the are the brothers, and. Uh, I actually hadn't heard any of the music before, but one of the nice things about this doc is that everything used in the film is is their original music. Um, and the entire soundtrack is going to be available on digital and vinyl uh, later this year for uh, for music enthusiasts. So as you said, it's kind of surrounded by their album, Dreamin' Wild. What aspects of the documentary like, do you think effectively captured the essence of the album? Like, was it the soundtrack? Was it the impact on the brothers' lives, the commentary? What was it about the film that really captured Dreamin' Wild itself? I mean, besides the presence of the actual soundtrack throughout the film, um, the cinematography uh, truly stood out, as well as the performances. I think uh, Casey Affleck, who plays Donnie Emerson, is is a stalwart in the film. Um, he's kind of patented that whole damaged man exploring his trauma trope. Um, but at the same time, it takes nothing away from how beautifully he portrays the emotional damage, uh, mingling with the hope and all of that. Um, and and Walton Goggins, who plays Joe, the brother, is equally spectacular. Um, the The one almost hypnotic, sometimes a little boring thing is that the format of the film was such that Every dialogue-heavy scene is followed by the brothers jamming, and then another dialogue-heavy scene, and then again another jam session. Um, mm-hmm. But the cinematography, which is shot with such beautiful clarity, care, and craft, um, really just makes it makes it a great viewing experience. Now, this cast is star-studded. Who is your favorite uh, character overall? It's between Casey Affleck and um, Walton Goggins. I think probably Casey Affleck takes it. It, is he one of the brothers? Yes, he yeah, so he plays um uh Donnie Emerson. Um my thing is I saw the cast like briefly and I was like, "Oh my gosh, there's actually a lot of, you know, people who I know who like play in this this film, which is interesting." And I want to know as well, did Dreamin' Wild convey the that idea that music did it show like their own personal growth and change like did we see them 
you know, did they have any other strategies to make it more successful this time around? Like, how was their growth throughout the the movie? I'm actually pretty interested in that. Well, the album, I mean, from the beginning of the film, the album is a success, right? But it's just that how are they going to move forward from there? Right. Uh, and so that's and so the whole film is about the emotional growth. Um, so it, it's captured for sure very well in its center stage. Um, but yeah, it's it, it shows the highs, the lows and everything in between and how they kind of um, cope with a possible stardom and also be walked down memory lane back to when they were teenagers um, and, and how that whole creative process was for them and how it's changed now. Interesting. Well, what was your star rating, age rating, and when and where can we see this film? So I give Dreamin' Wild four out of five stars, and it'll release in theaters on August 4th, 2023. Oh, and my age rating is uh, 12 to 18 plus adults. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much, Ishan. Thanks for having me. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. To become a Kids First film critic, visit our website to find out when the next audition takes place. We hold auditions throughout the year and are always looking for kids ages 8 to 18 that love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to meet the talent that works on movies. We invite kids who live in or near any major city in the U.S., Canada, or the U.K. This summer, join us at our Kids First Film Critic Boot Camp at Temple University, where you can learn how to critique films, how to interview celebrities, and how to set up a home studio for next to nothing. For more info, visit www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to become a Kids First film critic? Register to audition and give yourself a chance to join the entertainment business as a young entertainment reporter. Hurry! Our auditions take place the first Saturday of the month via Skype. Help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You are tuned into Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Shh! Turn your phone off. Another film review or celebrity interview is coming up. Welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C. We've been listening to some great reviews and interviews. There's more to come right now. Hi, everyone. I'm Ishan reporting for Kids First. And today I'm super excited to chat with Oscar Thor Axelson, director of Operation Napoleon. Born and raised in Reykjavik, Iceland, Mr. Axelson is best known for his 2012 crime film Black's Game and the 2017 mystery horror film Remember You. Thank you so much, Mr. Axelson, for speaking with me today. Sure, you're welcome. So Thank let's you. start with, as a director, what drew you to Operation Napoleon? It was a, it, it was a book that I was very, uh, that I really liked when it came out about 25 years ago. So, uh, and I wanted to do the movie back then, but then the rights were taken. Um, and then, you know, fast forward 20 years, uh, the 
uh, new production company had the, had the rights and they uh, they had been developing it for a few years actually and they so they uh, approached me with it and of course I couldn't say no <laughs> what aspects uh, or characters or plot points specifically resonated with you in the official uh, or in the original story well, the lead is the one that resonated with me. Uh, the lead is, an, uh, you know, with, it's what we call, it's, it's the term everyman, you know, and I've always been fascinated with that, you know, a normal person that sort of gets drawn into uh, like a difficult and maybe ridiculous uh, environment, you know, and uh, so, that, so that's definitely what, what, what drew me in and is fascinating. And also because it's set in an... Uh, in an Icelandic environment, which I hadn't seen before, you know. So, yeah, that was the key for me. Great. And shooting in remote and challenging locations can present pretty unique difficulties uh, in any film. But can you share any memorable experiences from filming in all the different stunning landscapes in Iceland? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had a lot of uh, a lot of uh, challenges, you know, when we're shooting it. Uh, the, the biggest challenge is, of course, when we shot on the on the glacier. Because to shoot in a glacier is a uh, is its own difficult task. You know, uh, it's it's hard to get there. It, it it takes a long time just to go up to the location. It's about two hours, and then you know another two hours to come down. So that so that's already four hours of your day just traveling. You know, <laughs> to the set, uh, and then you have the elements, and you're totally open to the elements. You have you have no you know. The weather forecast might say one thing and then something else happens when you're there, you know. So it's really, really, it's very risky. Um, but we kind of knew because it's kind of, it, it's the uh, it's the one thing that's going to define this movie. So we were like, all right, we have to go on. We have to just have to have to take the risk and do it that way. You know, we can't fake it. Um, and uh, because oftentimes... When when you have like scenes that take place on a glacier or something like that, you can shoot it in the winter time in the highlands of Iceland, which are easy, much e more easily accessible. Wow! And talking a little bit more about Iceland itself and Icelandic culture. So, as an Icelandic director, how do you find that your cultural background influenced your approach to making this film and then filmmaking in general? Uh, for this film, I mean, obviously it's uh, it's where I'm from, so I, I I know the you know I know the place, I know the area, I, I know the locations mostly, so I can I can definitely bring that you know, and I can I can bring the Icelandic uh, culture and the sense of humor and and all all of that you know. Um, that when I worked abroad on projects, I think what I bring. <laughs> Uh, for, uh, from from my Icelandic background is that because we are such a small nation, we're only we're less than four hundred thousand total. Um, so people kind of have to be able to do a lot of different jobs all the time. You know, you have, you can't be really good at just one thing. You have to be always be kind of okay at many things. You know, so I I think I tend to bring that sensibility to the to the projects I take on. Um, I'm kind of we have a. We have a saying in Iceland, which is, which is in Iceland, which, which basically means it'll be fine, it'll be okay. <laughs> and uh, so no, no matter how hard it is or how bad the storm is or, you know, the situation, it'll always be fine. It'll always be okay. Just, you know, just do your thing. I'll be fine. You know, it's a, 
it's a very Icelandic thing to uh, like to to look at uh, Icelandic way to look at life. I think, and I think it comes from generations of people uh, living on that uh, little ice rock in the you know up, uh, up north. It's very it's very cold and it's and it's very tough tough to live. You know, especially you know before the twentieth century. Well, yeah, I think the that self sufficiency and the positivity and everything really. I'm sure it helps a lot in filmmaking, especially, which is such a such a time consuming a and sometimes stressful process. So um, yeah. that's that's really wonderful. Um, and as a director, uh, what do you hope your audiences will take away from watching the film? Mainly, I want the audience to be entertained, you know, uh, and I, I mean, I, 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 I started out trying to make a movie that. Um, that will be a movie that people will like, like myself will, will enjoy, uh, you know, with a popcorn and soda. You know, you know what I mean. It's like you, you, you sit down and you're entertained, and it's and it's great. You know, you're in for a ride. And then there's also, you know, there's a there's a, on, in the kind of outside world of the movie, there there are other issues. Um, one of which is. Uh, is the you know the, the issue of of, the, of climate change you know and uh, and that has a lot to do with the glaciers and, uh, and 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 we could actually kind of see the glacier melting in the different time periods we were we were there shooting uh, and it's uh, so that's a very relevant thing uh, even though it's kind of more in the background of the story you know amazing yeah and I certainly I could get that from the film too and um, it was such a cool watch I mean I I screened it. Um, and I used the screener link and watched it again. And I was like, I want to get as much as I can from the film. Uh, really, really beautiful. So thank you so much uh, once again, Mr. Axelson, for chatting with me today and for also making this film. I'm now interested in reading the book, actually. Oh, thanks a lot. <laughs> thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. To watch our latest reviews of the newest films, DVDs, TV shows, music, and apps, and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team, go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel and look out for our reviews on Press for Kids, kidsworld.com, and Kidsville News. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for Voice America and iHeartRadio. I'm Ashley Clyde from Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now, you know more which movies, TV shows, or digital media to look for, or learned about the talent that worked on or off camera on them, and can make informed decisions about what to watch. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss an episode, and tune in again next week. Music